As you've already seen, today's been a little bit of a, a different day, and, and, and we had the opportunity to, to, to celebrate our MTT graduates, um, so that was a good thing. This whole service uh, is going to be just a little bit different. We finished up our study of 2 Corinthians last week, and we're going to start a new book series uh, out of the book of Nehemiah starting on September 5th. So we have a few weeks in between here, but I don't want you to think that we're just wasting time. Uh, we're certainly not doing that. These three weeks in between our book studies are very important for us as a church because they are going to set the stage <clears throat> for where we are going. You heard it a little bit last week, actually, and you will hear much more about it uh, when we get into the book of Nehemiah. But it involves every single one of us, every member of this church, taking ownership for the success of this church. We all have a part to play in the success of First Baptist Church as we build for the future. And in these interim weeks here between these book studies, we get to see some examples of people doing it. So that was what today was. We got to see some examples of those MTT graduates that are doing it. Next week, we're going to celebrate together the ordination of Craig Warner, a, a, a man that's doing it that's doing the mission. And so, uh, again, please be here for that. That's an important day uh, for this church. Uh, so that, that's going to be fun. And then we're going to see some examples of how we're doing it on the 29th during Summers in Celebration and, and, and some of the, the work we did with and for the Lord uh, this summer. But today, in that vein of us all taking ownership and responsibility for this church, for the future of this church, I want to cast a little vision, and I want to challenge you. And specifically, I want to do it with respect to our, our path of growth. I'm going to preach a sermon, but I'm going to frame it around our path of growth and make sure you understand what that is and your place in it. Uh, but before we get to all that, why don't we go ahead and open up in a word of prayer. We're going to ask the Lord to bless our time together this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for, for what we've already seen today. Thank you for the, the praise and, and the worship. You're so worthy and deserving of that. And, and Lord, I thank you for the MTT graduates and those that committed these last two years uh, just to learning your word and understanding what it takes uh, to be a, a minister for you. And, and, and so, Lord, as Corey said, Lord, we look forward to, to all that the future holds uh, for them, should you tarry, and, and, and certainly uh, for this church. Lord, I pray that you be with us this morning, that you work in, in each one of our hearts. Uh, we all have something that we need to hear from you today. Um, and, and so I pray that, that you you'd speak to each one of us individually on, on what it is. I pray that everything is said is true to your word, and I pray that it's glorifying and it's honoring to you. We ask all this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So again, we're going to talk about our path of growth this morning and how that plays into each one of our lives. And so while, you know, Jeff and I have, have kind of switched some roles, so to speak, uh, the mission of this church hasn't changed. So, you know, the lead pastor changed, the mission hasn't changed, and the path that we used to get there hasn't changed either. So I want you to ask yourself this morning, where do you fit into this church? Where are you now, and where do you want to be? What part do you want to play? Because, listen, at the end of the day, you know, there's a lot of uh, uh, philosophy and methodology on, on church growth and, and, and success in a local church context and, and life and all that sort of thing. Here's the thing. At the end of the day, when it comes to the future of this church, we don't need new buildings. We don't need no programs. 
We need you. That's what we need. For the success of this church, we need you to be a part. We need every member to be a minister. We need you to be faithful to God's calling. And I'll be honest with you today, I believe that's something that all of us need to be reminded of from time to time. Because unfortunately, there are verses like Psalm 12.1 in the Bible that I think is true of, of many of us today. That verse says, help, Lord, for the godly man ceaseth. For the faithful fail from among the children of men. And if you want a verse to describe our times, if you want a verse to describe this Laodicean church age, if you want a theme verse to depict our society, there it is. You don't have to look any further than Psalm 12.1. If you want a statement of Christianity and churches in today's culture, that is it. Faithful men have failed. That, that's the sad reality of the church at large today. I just don't want to be a part of it. I don't want to be mixed in with it. I don't want to be a part of that group. And I believe that God is calling all of us to step up to be that faithful man or faithful woman and invest that faithfulness into the next generation for the, for the, for the glory of God ultimately through this local church. And how we make that happen in this church, the, the, just the practical, tangible way, is, is what we call our path of growth. Most of you know what it is. But since repetition is the price of learning, and for those of you who haven't been around long, I want to take just a second and explain it to you. So we included a pamphlet for you guys. So for those of you that can read, you're going to have some information. It's very small print. I can't read it right now without glasses on, but... I'll be able to put my glasses on later and read it. But pull a pamphlet out, and I think we have a, we have a, have a slide. Do we have a slide with the, the, with, the, with the path of growth? Okay, so like I said, most of you know what it is. It's, it's, it's the four big red circles that we have in the lobby. But it begins with a 10, and, and that's, just what it, that's just what it says. Come be a part of what we're doing here, particularly on Sunday morning. So you're here this morning. Great. Congratulations. Praise the Lord. You're in circle number one. You're attending. So that, that, that's awesome. Uh, but, but this is just where it starts. But I want you to understand it's, it's more than this. And, and we'll talk a little bit more about this later. But, but we also want you to be a part of what we do on Wednesdays, uh, both Wednesday morning and Wednesday night and Tuesday night with the well uh, in our life groups. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that later on. But that's an important part of what we do. And, 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 and we really want you and we need you to be a part of that. But it doesn't end with a 10. We want you to connect with us corporately and then in small groups. But as part of attending, we want you to learn. We want you to learn. We want you to learn what the Bible has to say because we don't only want you to attend, we want you to attempt. We want you to be a part of what God's doing here. So we want you to learn the Bible through personal discipleship. That's 18 lessons where we'll, we'll hook you up one-on-one -on -one with somebody and they'll sit down and, and every week, and, unless God you know, providentially hinders that, you get together and you, you study God's word together and we have a curriculum that you go through and it's the core doctrinal foundations of this church. And, and, and that's just a great tool to get to share, because that's all it is, the, the, those discipleship lessons is just a tool for God to work in your life and, and through a relationship uh, with somebody else, the sharing of their life with Christ uh, with you. We want you to come to our 9 o'clock training hour. 
You know, we, talk, we talked about that in the announcements this morning. We'll start back up September 5th. It's, it's just a more doctrinal look many times, and, and we do some practical things in that as well. Uh, it's just a little bit different teaching aspect of the Bible. And if you do those things, I promise you that you'll begin to learn what God has to say in his word. You'll begin to learn about yourself, about your life, and about your place in his mission. And then we want you to engage. That's the, the, third, the, the third aspect and the third circle you'll see out there. And, and this involves what we saw this morning. This involves our ministry tools and training. It's, a, it's, it, it's advanced discipleship training. And, and then it involves you being a part and engaging in the mission and discipling others and, and taking 2 Timothy 2.2 that Corey read this morning and applying that to your life. And giving out what you've been learning and what God has been giving you into someone else. We, we talk about this all the time. There's two things that, that last forever, right? The word of God and the souls of men. What's, what's engaging in ministry? It's investing the word of God in the life of another person. And that's what we want you to be a part of. And that's what God, we, and we want that because that's what God wants. That's what God has you here for, to be a part of it. And we want Everybody through this step. When Corey said, you know, you, the, those that have graduated, you, you realize and you've bought into the philosophy of this church, that's because we believe every member of this church ought to go through that point. Ought to go through that point to, to, to take that, that level of responsibility upon yourself. And again, think of it in the context of us as a whole for, for the betterment of this church. What, what kind of church, listen, l let's face it, the, if the Lord tarries, and, and we all think he's coming back soon, like seriously, I, the, every, every day that goes by, I don't know how he hasn't come back yet. I believe it with all my heart that we don't have much time left, but listen, we don't know. We don't know, and so we're foolish if we don't plan and prepare for what God has for the future, should he tarry? Because what will happen is if we get too focused on, on just today, then we won't be prepared if he tarries, and, and this church will suffer because of it. So we have a responsibility to not do that. And so I want you to think of it in those terms. I want you to think of your part for the betterment of the future of this church. We have a lot of kids in this church. Praise the Lord for that. And, and, and like I said, days are passing quickly. And if the Lord tarries, there's coming a day that you and I aren't going to be here. <laughs> but somebody will be. So let's make sure that it's biblically sound and it's, it's, it's based on the right philosophy for them. But if, if you guys don't take responsibility for that, it's going to fail. The, that Psalm 12.1 will become true of this church and, and we don't want that to happen. And so we want everybody to go through this step because you can fulfill the mission. You can take the word of God. You can invest it into the life of someone else. That's what God's calling each and every single one of us to do. But then some of you, and, and this maybe isn't for everybody, but for some of you, you need to take that next step. And you lead, and you need to lead. And that last step in, involves our biblical training that we call LFBI. You heard that announced this morning. And these are the guys and the gals that we want leading ministries and, and, and life groups and being a part at a leadership level. And, and again, maybe, maybe you, that's not for you, that you don't, you don't feel that, that God has that for you. Well, that's fine. It is, that truly isn't for everybody. We all can't be leading something, but we all can be a part. And so 
we, we do need somebody leading. We do need some leaders. And so you need to ask yourself if that's for you. And that's our path of growth. It's just how we have chosen to organize and to make practical the mission that God has given us as a church. Again, read this. Take this home this afternoon and read the details of, of each one of, of those steps. That's why we put it together, printed it in color and everything. All, all nice for you. It just provides a tangible way for you to know where you're at at any given time. And these stages, obviously, the way we talk about them, are, are, are linear in nature. But, but let's be honest. We all kind of jump around at times. So, so maybe at, at one time you were really excited, you were serving the Lord, you, you even went to MTT. But, but now maybe that fire has just turned into a little spark. And, and truth be told, just, just the truth of it is, at this point, you're just an attender. That's all. Well, so maybe that describes you. And, and of course, the, the plan is for this path, this path of growth to be linear. But that doesn't mean you can't go back and forth. And it doesn't mean you aren't even in between sometimes. Because life isn't always smooth and straight. Neither is our Christian walk. Listen, we're liars if, 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 we, if we don't admit that. And there are times things are going well, and there are times that they're not. Listen, here's the thing. At the end of the day... You just need to accept where you're at. Listen, that's all God wants. God wants you to understand where you're at and then move forward from there. You know, I, I quoted very poorly Proverbs 24, 16 last week. But it's a just man follows seven times and rises up again. But the wicked shall fall into mischief. The only problem with falling, I mean, obviously there, there, there are consequences of sin and you've got to deal with, with all that. But the real problem is just not getting up again. So if you weren't where you once were, you know, just take ownership for it, accept it, and let's get back up. Let's get to work. We've got work to do. I don't care. I just want you working now. I just, I just want you serving the Lord now. That's all it's about. Because life isn't always smooth and straight. But, but what, you, what I want to show you this morning, what I want you to see is that wherever you may be spiritually, what you're going to find, and, and we did talk about this last week, is that wh wherever you find yourself, you're going to find that it has to do with the position that the Word of God holds in your life. How you're viewing God's Word at that time. That's why you may notice every step of our path of growth has an element of you hearing and learning the Word of God, right? Including the services, including our personal discipleship one, including MTT, including LFBI. There's an aspect of, of you getting into and studying God's word. And the other thing you need to know about our path of growth is that, that while it's, it's just our man-made way of, of making the vision plain so that you can run with it, according to Habakkuk 2.2, it's also a biblical model. The Bible has many ways of, of talking about our Christian life and our, our Christian walk and, and the the ups and downs and the ebbs and flows and the progression and the regression of that. And I, I want to show you one of them. We just have, you know, a little bit of time left this morning. But I want to show you out of a passage of Scripture how, how this path of growth is a biblical model. This is actually part of a much deeper study that I, I did a number of years ago out of the book of Second Peter. Um, I want to introduce it to you today. There's going to come a time we'll, we'll dive into this 
uh, uh, deeply. It'll be a multi-week thing. But I want to introduce it to you today and, and, and show you an example of, of how it applies to our path of growth. Now, for the well guys, you heard some of this when I, when I did the retreat in 2018. So if you were there then, some of this might sound familiar. I know you won't remember it, so you, gotta, you, know, you need to listen again. That was three years ago, and you've slept a couple times since then. Um, but it's different. I want to relate it to our path of growth this morning. Like I said, it's a study that originates out of the last two verses of the book of 2 Peter. 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. So, so look there with me. If you have your Bibles and you want to open them, 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 17 through 18, I'm sure they'll be on the screen as well. But those, in those verses, Peter says, You therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before. Now, let me just give you a hint into this study. That, that phrase, these things, is an important phrase, particularly in the book of, of 2 Peter. And you see it a number of times. And it goes back to 2 Peter chapter 1 and those seven characteristics that we have an MTT class about. The, the building from our virtue to knowledge and, and, and on down there. Okay, so that's the things that Peter's talking about here as he ends this this chapter. He says, seeing ye know these things before, beware, lest ye also, being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory, both now and forever. Amen. Amen. Now, as I've already alluded to, and, and I want you to know directly now, and I think this is on your outline sheet, our path of growth, because it's, because it's your Christian walk, our path of growth is inherently tied to the position the Word of God holds in your life. How you view God's Word at any given time. Listen, we talk about biblical authority a lot around here because it is. It's, it, it should be our only authority in life. But let's be honest. Amen. We're our own authority many times. And we don't view the Bible like we should at times, myself included. And, and, and we have these, this, again, progression, regression, ebbs and flows of the Christian life. Wherever, whatever position the Word of God holds in your life at any given time is, 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 is going to let you know where you're at with the Lord, including our path of growth. And the Bible has a few terms for this concept. One of them, kind of the main one you see throughout Scripture, is faithful. The word faithful. Faithfulness. Being faithful to the mission of God, being faithful to what God has called you to. But there's another term that you see less frequently that's used in our text this morning, and that's steadfastness. The word steadfast, it means to continue. It means to progress. It means to be set and fixed, firm and secure in what you believe. And we see this word or some form of it 23 times in the Bible. So, for example, in 1 Peter verses eight, chapter 5, verses 8 and 9, Peter says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. All right, we have an enemy. We know this. And he's seeking to devour us. The way he puts it in 2 Peter is, is to lead us away, to, to fall from our own steadfastness. And he, he's, he's attacking us. What do we need to do in face of it? Verse 9, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Now, we don't have time to go into all this. One day, again, I'll share with you all of this study. But steadfastness is tied to the mind. It's tied to our mind. In fact, the first mention of steadfastness in the Bible gives you the context of the meaning of the word. That first mention is in the book of Ruth. 
chapter 1 and verse 18. If you don't know the story, Ruth lost her husband. She's wanting to stay with her mother-in-law, Naomi. Naomi's trying to get her to go back to her land. But in, in, in chapter 1, verse 18, the Bible says, When she, Naomi, saw that she, Ruth, was steadfastly minded to go with her, then she left speaking unto her. She was set in her mind. She was secure in what she believed and what she thought God was calling her to do. That's what steadfastness is, is related to. And we know from our study of these last few chapters of 2 Corinthians how important our mind is in relation to the position the Word of God holds in our life. The Word of God is Christ's mind. And it needs to become our mind, but that's a process and that, that's not always easy because we got our old mind and that old nature that wants to think like it thinks. And so you're, that's a battle. And the more you, you invest the Word of God into your mind and into your heart, the better prepared you are to be able to make God's mind your mind. It's, it's, it's the process of the Christian walk, getting your God, mind to match God's mind. And steadfastness or faithfulness to that end is one of the determining factors in where you end up with the Lord and where you are on the path of growth. But like 2 Peter 3.17 tells us, we're all at danger, every single one of us, no one excluded, myself included, we're all at danger of falling. We're all at danger of not being faithful, not being steadfast, not keeping that right mind. Because there are forces out there trying to lead us away. We have an enemy. Make no mistake about it. And he is a roaring lion. And he is an angel of light. And he attacks you where you are most vulnerable. And God, but God knows it as well. And in these two verses in 2 Peter 3, we're given three instructions intended to protect us. To enable our steadfastness and to keep us moving forward in our faith. Because, listen, if you fall, at least temporarily, you're stopped. If you fall down, you're no longer progressing. So the first thing we need to do, according to 2 Peter 3.17, is to guard. We're to guard, and we get that because the word beware. He says, ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before, beware. Beware. And that word beware, it means to guard. And he says, Beware, lest ye also, being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. And so what we're guarding against, according to this verse, and again, man, we're not, we're not going to have time today to get into, get into it, but there's different things in life that we face um, that, are, that are struggles for us at different stages. And according to this verse, what we need to guard against is temptation. Because that phrase, led away, that's what it means. It means seduced or tempted so if we want to progress in our faith we have to guard against the temptations that we face in this world we actually talked about this the last two weeks it's staying away from sin it's staying pure and when it comes to temptation we know from scripture that it comes in three forms the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life that's first john two sixteen. you can see that up there this is how satan works that's how he attacked Eve in Genesis chapter 3. It's how he attacked Jesus in Matthew chapter 4. And it's how he attacks us in one of these three avenues. And he comes at us from every angle because those temptations cover the physical, the mental, and the spiritual. He attacks our physical desires through the lust of the flesh. He attacks us mentally to corrupt our thoughts through what we see or what we don't see and think we should be seeing. And he attacks us spiritually through pride. 
And he tries to get us to be like him and, and turn our focus inward instead of upward. So if the command is to guard, the instruction is to guard against temptation, the question becomes how? How exactly do I do that? And again, we don't have time to go into all the detail, but the best answer, I believe, is found through Jesus and his temptation from the devil that's found in Matthew chapter 4, and you can also see it in Luke chapter 4. And the answer is found in the counterattack, which will lead us to the application, because notice the weapon Jesus uses in the battle against this temptation. So he tempts him, Satan comes and tempts him in three different areas. And every time Jesus has a response, here's his first response. He says, but he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then there's a second temptation, and here's his second response in verse 7. Jesus said unto him, it is written again, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Then Satan gives a third temptation, and Jesus answers again in verse 10. Then saith Jesus unto him, get thee hence, Satan, for it is written. Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. You see, in guarding against temptation, Jesus' counterattack was, was to declare his submission to what God had written. He used God's word. But here is the obvious conclusion to that for us. When you're dealing with that, to be able to have that same response, to use God's words, you must know God's words. So do you. Because if you don't, you're, you're, in, you're in a struggle. You're in a struggle when it comes to temptation. Because the way you guard is through the, the words that, of God and, and the verses that God gives you to counter what Satan is trying to do. Listen, God did not give us a Bible to neglect it. He did not give us a Bible to carry to church to make people think we spend time in it. God gave us a Bible as a sword. So when Satan shows up in your life, cut him. God wants you to use his word in your life. But like I said, you can't use what you don't read. And you can't pray what you don't know. That means in order to remain steadfast, you have to learn the Word of God. That's the first step. And guess what our path of growth is about? Helping you learn the Word of God. And the foundation is those first two steps through attending our services as you hear the Word of God preached. And through personal discipleship where we take you one-on-one -on -one through the core doctrines of the faith. But this never stops. Learning God's Word never stops. So we have MTT and we have LFBI and we just continue to spend time in God's Word learning it. So you have to learn the Word of God. But as important as that is, and, and in one sense there's nothing more important, it's just not enough because you can't stop there. But as weird as it may sound, learning the Word of God isn't enough. And that brings us to the second instruction we see in 2 Peter 3, and that's to grow. You must guard. That's where it starts, but that's defensive. You also need some offense to win this war. And that includes growth. You can't stay where you're at. Look at 2 Peter 3.8. Okay, he says, beware lest you fall. Lest you fall from your own steadfastness. But, what's the corollary to that? But grow. Grow. Grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So it's one thing 
to learn some stuff about the Bible. But like I said, you can't stop there. You have to grow with the Bible. Because after the the temptation with sin, and, and let's say you get victory over that, that doesn't mean Satan stops. He just changes tactics. And the second thing you're going to find, and these line up a lot of different ways in the Bible, but the second thing you're going to see is the next temptation you're going to see is through distraction. So you're going to see temptation through sin and through the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. The next thing is, is, is you're just going to see the distraction of the world. So you see this, the attack from Satan, now the attack from the world. And it becomes just our, our own temptation through complacency, through apathy. And Peter commands us to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to combat that. And this is interesting, and it's certainly no coincidence that he starts with grace and not knowledge. And this is important because grace is the only foundation and the only basis upon which spiritual growth can occur. That's it. You can't start with knowledge. You have to start with grace. So our challenge this morning is to grow and to progress and to stay steadfast for God by moving forward by grace, building on the foundation that God has established in us, and then allowing growth to occur. Then you bring in knowledge. It, it goes back to 2 Peter chapter 1. I don't have time to, to connect it, but you ha- you got the, some, some things have to be established first before you bring in knowledge. And to fully understand this concept, we need to recognize a basic principle that how God teaches us the Bible. When God wants to illustrate an invisible, a heavenly, a spiritual truth, he uses a physical, earthly, material example. So God knows we don't naturally understand the spiritual realm. So he gives us clues about what's going on spiritually by illustrating it through things physically. That's Romans 1.20. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even as eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. So God has given everything in this life to remind us of him. For example, Paul, when he wants to, to use the example of how discipline is needed, he, he talks about running and uses athletics in 1 Corinthians 9, verses 26 and 27. And, and, and to, in order to win that ultimate prize, we need some spiritual discipline in our life. He uses a physical example. Jesus used this when he wanted folks to understand why it is is such a sin to worry. In Matthew 26, verse 26, he said, Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? He said, The birds don't have a giant eagle or a Bueller's or a Walmart to get their groceries at, and yet they eat. They can't roll up to the Capitol Grill or to Applebee's Bar and Grill, depending on your taste and budget. But God still takes care of them. I mean, me, I'm, I'm fancy like Applebee's on a date night, but that's just me. <laughs> but either way, you shouldn't worry. He's going to take care of you. So God consistently gives us physical illustrations to help us understand spiritual truth. And that's a pretty cool thing if you think about it. And we're talking about the position of the Word of God in our life and overcoming our own nature just to become stagnant in the faith. That is our nature, to become stagnant and to, to be distracted by the things of this world. He does the same thing again. That's why he starts with grace, because it starts with our birth. We're saved by grace, right? We can all agree on that, I think. Grace means there's nothing you can do to create your own salvation. That's Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. For by grace are you saved through faith. 
If you're saved here this morning, if you're a Christian, it happened by God's grace. You had nothing to do with it other than accepting it. You had to make the free will choice to accept it, but it happened by God's grace. And that same principle applies to our physical life. A a, a baby is not conceived on its own. A baby has nothing to do, in fact, with its own conception. I don't want to get into the details of a baby's conception, but suffice it to say it's something that the parents were more interested in than the baby. (laughs) But once it's born, once that baby is born, it does have a lot to do with its own growth. So with this concept in mind, the, the physical teaching us the spiritual, there are elements of growth in the physical realm that we need to be aware of so that we can understand growth in the spiritual realm. And, and again, we don't have time to, to actually go through those elements. But, but there's some things that you do need to understand to remain steadfast because we need to be growing daily. We need to grow closer to God tomorrow than we are today. And so the answer to this dilemma is to grow. You should never stop growing because as soon as you do, you'll be distracted and you'll be led away by that distraction. It's how it happens. But I I want you to understand that we are all able to do this. Don't think you cannot do it, especially if you struggle. Maybe you're someone that struggles with consistent spiritual growth and overcoming your own apathy and, and sin and complacency. If that's you, here's what I want you to know this morning. You don't need anything new to make you spiritually mature. You don't. What you need is to develop what Christ has given you by grace. If you're saved, you have everything you need. You're not missing anything. You just have to develop what you already have. Let's look at the physical again. A child is born with a genetic code that supplies it with everything it needs to become a mature adult. There are steps necessary for development. But a baby has what it, what it needs in its DNA. Well, that's, that's the good news. Because when Jesus saved you, he put in your life a spiritual genetic code. You now have all the divine DNA necessary to become a complete image of Christ. It's 2 Peter 1 verse 4. We've been given a divine nature. You see, at the moment of your salvation, when you asked Jesus Christ to be your Lord, and you were born again, Everything you ever needed to become all Christ wants you to be was automatically supplied through Christ. Grace has supplied you all the data and the abilities necessary to become everything God created you to be. So don't sell yourself short. Don't say you're not worthy because it has nothing to do with worthiness. Grace makes you worthy. Grace makes you able. Don't say you can't, because when you do, you're saying grace isn't enough. And it is. You don't need anything more. It's in you. You just got to develop it. You got to grow. That's why you, you need to learn the Word of God, because the goal of learning the Word of God is to grasp the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Add to your, add to, it comes grace, add to your virtue, knowledge in, in chapter 1. Here, it's, you start with grace, and then comes knowledge. So you add to the the grace that God's given you, knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's getting to know him on an intimate level. Getting to know who he really is. That's the knowledge that comes after grace. 
In other words, the goal of learning the Word of God is to become a sincere, growing, developing, strong Christian who represents, who looks like, and has the characteristic of, of their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's the goal of learning the Word of God. It's not about information. That's why learning the Bible isn't enough. You also need to learn the Savior so that you can conform to His image. Learn a person and not just information. Grow to know Christ, it needs to be a personal, not just an informational relationship. So while learning the word of God is of utmost importance, you have to do it the right way and for the right reasons. Because he's the Lord of your life. You want to know him and you want to be like him. Conformance to Christ means you are living like him. And that's the next step in the Christian walk. You not only need to learn the word of God, there has to come a time that you live it too. Where you're living the word of God. It's putting it to work in your life. But here's the problem with that. In order to put it to work in your life, you've got to go through some stuff. And Satan knows that. And he tries to get you to quit in those times. You, you can't really tell if you're living the word of God when everything in life is going good. When it's perfect. That means God gives you the opportunity to grow. So you run into a problem and you get tested. That's the process of growing in grace. Paul talked about this concept with the church of Philippi. Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. He says, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, listen to this phrase, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Paul said we need to work out our salvation. Not work for your salvation, because you cannot work for your salvation. Salvation is by grace and not of works. But once you have salvation on the inside, you need to work it on the outside. People who already are saved are to put into practice in their daily lives the salvation that God has put on the inside. Don't just have salvation, live out your salvation. So you got to work it out. And you get to live the Word of God as you learn the Word of God. You've got to work it out by His grace. It's like a math problem. What's 6 plus 4? Well, work it out. All the ingredients to arrive at 10 are already there when I give you the problem. You just have to figure it out. You've got to learn the equation. And spiritually, grace supplies 6 and 4. God wants you to put it together in your life. So you end up at 10. Amen. Are you applying the data necessary to come up with the right solution? God has supplied everything you need to remain steadfast in your faith. But here's my warning. You can't use fuzzy math. If you're going to do math right, you have to apply math rules. And we have a lot of people mixing up Christianity. Because they want to add one part, this is what my mama taught me. With one part, this is what I learned in college. With one part, this is what I saw on Oprah. And then they want to mix all that with the Word of God. Listen, the Word of God plus anything equals nothing. But the Word of God plus nothing equals everything. God wants you to use His rules. Add it up His way, and it will work out. And I know it's not, it's not easy. Working out is hard. If you want results anyway, ain't that right, Masood? It's hard. That's why it's called work. 
Listen, by being a Christian, I want you to get this physical example. By being a Christian and going to this church in particular, you now have a spiritual gym membership. How many of you have a physical gym membership and you never go? You're just wasting your money. Just wasting your money. You know what's worse than that? Sorry, Moxie. What's worse than that? You have a spiritual gym membership here. Are you wasting that? You show up and then you just go about living your life however you want? No. Show up and work out. Learn the word of God. Live the word of God. Invest it into someone else. And you may be going through it this year. This may be a tough workout year for you. But if you keep working, you keep growing in grace, Jesus will meet you in the gym. He's been through some stuff too. Just see Luke twenty two forty two 42 as an example. He knows what it's going through. He knows what it's like to go through some stuff. And he, he'll be there with you if you want a workout partner. So stay faithful, submit to his will, and grow in his grace and knowledge. Welcome his word in your life to the point that you obey it and apply it. That's how you overcome distraction. This world has a lot of distractions, a lot of things it wants to throw your way. But you can overcome it and remain steadfast. But you have to take his word beyond an academic exercise and begin applying it to your life. Learn the word of God. But to remain faithful, you've got to live what you're learning. And that gets to steps two and three in our path of growth. You see, learning God's word through personal discipleship and MTT, and then you get involved. You engage in ministry with us. You are living out God's word. And you place yourself in a position of accountability. And you begin investing that in the life of someone else. Man, be here. Don't get distracted with all the world has to offer. And then last, and I know we're out of time. My apologies. There's one more instruction, and I'll just cut to the chase on it. Um, and that's to glorify. That's how 2 Peter 3.18 is. To him be glory, both now and forever. Amen. Because what happens is if you follow this process, if you follow our path of growth, you're going to get to that point that God's getting glory out of your life. And that's the ultimate goal. That's the ultimate goal of a Christian life is to bring glory to God through your life, through the way you live and through your involvement with this body. And like I said, let me just get to the end. This gets to who you love more, yourself or him. So there's a process. You got to learn the word of God. You got to live the word of God. But ultimately, if you want to bring glory to God with your life, you got to love it. You got to love God's word and you got to love him more than you love yourself. And I don't care if you say you love him more than you love yourself. That doesn't mean anything. Your love is shown in your choices, period. Words don't mean anything unless your actions match it. And that's just not me being mean. That's the Bible because that's what 1 John 3.18 says. So this last piece is, is loving the word. You need to learn the word of God. You need to live the word of God. But you don't really glorify him with your life until you love the word of God. That's the progression. And the ultimate, so you see this progression of, of, of the attacks. And you see the progression of, of the responses. So you see sin and then you see the world's distraction. Ultimately, the biggest battle you're ever going to face is with yourself. That's the, that's the biggest battle. And, and, and to really love God and glorify him with your life, you have to be able to win that battle. And that's what our path of growth allows you to do. Because the more you attend and the more you learn and the more you engage, the more you'll find that your love for him is getting stronger and stronger. I'm, 
I'm sorry, the way God set it up, it's not going to happen out there. You learn to God, love God more and more the more you are engaged here with us. Because that's just the way God set it up. That, the, the local church is his vehicle. And, man, we got, a good oper- we got a good gym here. Come work out with us. And who knows, you may even find yourself leading one day. And that's really how it's supposed to work. You don't set out to be a leader. You set out to be a servant because you love him. And all of a sudden, you find yourself in places you never dreamed you'd end up. Take me standing behind this pulpit as an example. (laughs) Example number one. And for all our upcoming leaders, all our LFBI students, you got to make it here. This is where you have to make it. If you don't love God and love God's word more than you love yourself, You can never be the leader that we need you to be. Because God can't be glorified out of that. And if you're not glorifying him with what you're doing, you're doing it wrong. So let me bring this to a close. And as we do that, I want you to consider where you're at with the Lord. Are you learning the word of God? Uh, 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 Are you spending time in it? And is he teaching you through it? And are you living out what you're learning? And do you love him? Do you love God's word more than you love yourself? And, and, and when you understand that and understand how it fits into our path of growth, can you identify the circle that you currently reside? And if so, will you keep going? You know, maybe you're a leader and there's no next step per se. Well, the next step is keep learning and keep living and keep loving. You, you keep doing it. There's always more. But, but maybe you're not. Maybe you're not leading, and, and, and what's the next step that you need to take? So, so let, me, let me start with this. And again, I, I'm sorry, we're out of time. Let me, let me finish up, but let me ask you. Do you attend a life group? If not, will you join one? For the good of this church, we are better with you involved. For your kids, for the next generation of this church, they will benefit if you are involved. Do you want that for them? We're starting back Wednesday, September 8th. It's just a few weeks. So now's the perfect time. It's the natural time for people to change so they won't even know if you haven't been coming. Join and be committed. The more time you spend with us, the more time you will want to spend with us. Put yourself in that place of accountability. Why wouldn't you do that? Or maybe you need to be discipled. Sign up today. We'll hook you up one-on-one with someone who will help walk you through the Christian life. Go to the welcome desk and get an application. Or maybe you've done that, but you need to sign up for MTT. Well, you got one week left to do it. Go get your application. We meet at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings. It's not even that much more of a commitment, of a time commitment. And on August 30th, we start LFBI, Bible Survey, the Book of Matthew, both being taught in-house. We'll meet in the barn starting at 6 p.m. Email the office if you need to sign up. Listen, the truth is, the future depends on you. So let's not get complacent in these last days. Let's build for the future, and let's be faithful to the end.